Good evening and welcome to our evening broadcast here at Newark UPC. It is so good to be here with you all. Hope you've had a great day. The snow is melting. Yes. And um, hopefully, I hope you saw the um, Facebook post by Steve today about work being done on the church. Uh, hopefully that roofing will start tomorrow. So we are at the starting block, getting ready to make some progress. That's exciting. I, I love the way, I don't love the way the building looks, but I see potential all over the building. So if you haven't seen that, go look at that. Um, as always, you can go to newarkepc.info and get more information about us. But this week, we are studying the meaning in the music. So three nights out of the week, we have speakers who are picking, who have picked a song and uh, are talking about the meaning behind the lyrics of the song. And so tonight I am going to not pick a song, but I'm going to talk about music at Newark UPC. Now I want to pre uh, preface it by saying that obviously our digital campus is different than our physical campus, but there are uh, thoughts and themes that run through um, everything we do at Newark EPC, and they also affect the way we do music. Um, just because we do music a certain way doesn't mean it's the right way. There are other churches that do music different ways, and that doesn't mean it's the wrong way. Um, I've, I've yet to be in two churches ever or know of two churches even who do things exactly the same. That applies to uh, lots and lots of things. And the reason is because people are different. So when you have a group of people who are different, they do things differently. And even over time, a church can change and that's fine. But um, so I expect over the next 20 years, 20 years from now, hopefully our music program has progressed and, and looks a little different. But again, there are, there are some basic philosophies that we go off of. And I realize that, that maybe if you're not a musician with, our, with the church, um, maybe you haven't heard them. So I'm gonna kind of introduce some to you tonight. I could go on for hours and hours and I will not do that, I promise. But tonight we're gonna to do the meaning and the music at Newark UPC. So first of all, I just want to uh, begin by reading a scripture. It's very cool to me that in the Bible, we have uh, books of poetry and we have a lot of books of history. We have books of prophecy. We have, uh, we have all kinds of books in the Bible. And stuck smack in the middle of that, excuse me, is a songbook. How cool is that? If you want something uplifting, go and read Psalms. Now, I will warn you that the first half of most of the chapters is kind of depressing. But then at the end, he pulls out of it. That's the way he wrote, he being David, mostly. And... So I, I love that we have a songbook right in the middle of our Bible. And that says to me, one of the things I'm going to talk about tonight is that um, our song should be based in the truths of God enough that they could be a, a book in the Bible. They're not, they don't need to be um, something untrue. They don't need to be something... Uh, that has no meaning behind it. And so tonight I'm going to read a few Psalms. You can't talk about music without reading a few Psalms, but I'm also going to read some other things. I tried to pull in scriptures that weren't Psalms because that's just the obvious choice and we always go there. But I do want to start out Psalms 92 verses one through three. It is good. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the most high. The point of our praise needs to be about him. And it's a good thing to praise him. It is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning, your faithfulness in the evening, 
accompanied by a 10 stringed instrument, a harp and the melody of a lyre. Now we don't have 10 stringed instruments. I, I do have a friend that plays the harp, but we don't have any harps and we certainly don't have lyres around anymore. So we could, we could say it is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning, your faithfulness in the evening, accompanied by a piano, a guitar and the melody of a clarinet. And it would be just as apt. Um, so it's good that we sing. There's nothing wrong with singing. In fact, it's, it's a good thing as I'm gonna talk about tonight. The, when we come to Newark EPC and how we do it, I wanted to share a clarity statement that I go by and I, I guide the music department by, and it is to create and grow. Again, that grow means change, and that's not always fun, especially when it comes to music. Have you noticed our music tastes get stuck? I grew up, I was born in 1974. You can do the math there, figure out how old I am. But um, I grew up with the music of the 80s and early 90s. And uh, that's what I heard in the grocery store. That's what, you know, that was the style of music. We tended to sing older hymns at church, but even the way they, uh, the music I heard on the radio, these kinds of things. And I find myself today, if I hear an 80s song, I really like it. Um, my kids hear an 80s song and they don't really like it, but I do because that's what I grew up with, but it's okay to grow and it's okay to change. And we're going to talk about that some tonight, but we're supposed to, in the music department, create and grow a participatory atmosphere. Now, each of these words has a very specific reason for being there, but we at Newark UPC try to do things in a participatory way. We're going to talk about that tonight. And it's an atmosphere that we're trying to create of worship and praise in all of Newark UPC's services. So that's my kind of goal, personal assignment, so to speak, of how I'm supposed to be doing music. Everybody who joins the music department gets the following uh, kind of structural setting. Um, and, and they have to agree with it or let me know before they join the music team. The music department of Newark UPC exists to facilitate and contribute to the church worship services. We're there for the church. We're not there for our own good. Even though it is good and it helps us to play as well, we get good out of it, but it's not about us. The focus of this worship is our Lord Jesus Christ. The music department is most successful when its contribution leads the congregation into a place of worship where the music is no longer necessary and the focus is totally upon the Lord. Um, I, say, I tell people if I'm doing a good job, if we as musicians are doing a good job, no one will even notice us. Um, we don't want to stand out and have it be all about us. We want to be an usher to bring people into the presence of the Lord and bring our focus onto the Lord so that then our focus is on the Lord and not any longer on the music. So that's what we're trying to do. Sometimes we're more successful than others, but I think if you've been with us for very long, you've seen a place where instead of doing the four songs we normally sing, you might've seen we only did three because we did our job and we got the, the congregation into a place where they needed to be. The music department functions as a group with its individual members preferring one another and ultimately the whole group preferring the Lord. It's not about an individual. So our strategy in all making disciples of all, you've all heard, you've all heard that, but our strategy is worship, learn, serve, and play. And then we have some values that we 
that are core to us that I will also talk about. Some of those values um, are word. We are big on the word. Uh, community, service to each other, service to the community, those kinds of things. So let's talk about all making disciples of all as it applies to how we do music at Newark UPC. We pull the all making disciples of all, the first all, you have two alls, so it can get confusing, but we're talking about the first all right now is who's doing this. We pull musicians and instruments from the congregation and for the congregation. So from the congregation means we're not gonna go out and hire a bass player because we don't have a bass player. If our um, organist, I'll pick on the organist because I'm the main organist. If the organist is not good enough, um, we're not gonna hire a new organist or go recruit one from another church. We're gonna either help the organist learn or we're just gonna do what the organist can do. My mother um, plays piano. She played, she was a pianist when I was growing up in our church and she didn't know how to play piano very much at all. She learned a few songs and they sang those few songs until she learned a few more songs and then they played those songs. So I don't, I think that the music has to be from the congregation supplying the music and there can be exceptions to that occasionally, but generally that has to be the theme. Um, now this doesn't, this is a, a balance as most things I'm gonna talk about are tonight because just because somebody in the congregation could do something that's musical doesn't mean it's gonna fit in. Again, it has to be for the congregation. So if we have an expert yodeler in the congregation, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're gonna put them as a praise singer with, with yodeling. Um, it just wouldn't fit in. And again, it, it would bring attention to the wrong thing. So again, it's a balance. We, we have this, and in community. And we have these musicians who put in a lot of hard work. They have put in a lot of hard work already before they even become musicians. It's not easy. There's a lot of things to learn. Um, and, and then they serve. They serve the congregation um, in, in a unity. And they are the all who are helping to make disciples of all. The... It, we, we tend to, in the Pentecostal movement, especially have, you know, the five instruments that everybody expects, not even the organ so much anymore, but the key, usually you get, you, to have a Pentecostal service, you got to have two keyboards and drums and a bass and electric guitar. That's what you have to have. And if you don't have those five things, um, well, sorry, spirit can't move. And anything extra just disturbs. That's not how we tend to do it. Again, yodelers aren't needed too much. but Psalm 150 says, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens, praise him for his mighty works, praise him, praise his unequaled greatness, praise him with the blast of a ram's horn, praise him with the lyre and harp, praise him with the tambourines and dancing, praise him with strings and flutes, praise him with a clash of cymbals. That probably would be kind of like the, the yodeler. Um, in, in our context, but praise him with loud clanging symbols. Again, please don't, don't bring to the next church service, you know, the big, the big huge um, symbols that marching bands use. We would prefer not to have those loud clanging symbols. But the point is that everything that breathes can sing praises to the Lord and praise the Lord. So again, we have a balance here. We have a balance between skill and noise. Psalms 100 verse one says to make a joyful noise. And we've, we've quoted that a lot at our church because sometimes our, our worship sounds more like noise than it does um, skillful. But there's also a, a verse in Psalms. See, I can't, I can't talk about this without Psalms. Psalms 33 verse three says, sing a new song of praise to him, play skillfully on the harp and sing with joy. So um, again, it's a balance. 
but we're going to try, and this is no slight to anybody, but we're going to try to fit the people playing skillfully, being the ones providing the worship service music, and the ones making a joyful noise. You are welcome to join us. That is the second part of the all, but you also are the choir. You're the backup singers, and you're very, very important in making a joyful noise to the Lord. And that is a wonderful thing to do. Anyone at Newark UPC can come and belt out, just like they're singing in the shower, belt out a joyful noise and nobody's gonna look at you funny. Congregational singing, which we have maintained at Newark UPC very, very intentionally. It gives everyone a chance, an opportunity to worship and praise. So you are, if you come to Newark UPC and you sing, you are part of the all that is making disciples of all. The, the making disciples part, let's talk about how that works with music. Our, our songs that we pick, we try to have them be very word-based. Now that's easier, it tends to be easier with worship music than it is with praise songs. Praise songs tend to be more of the seven words 11 times uh, type of concept. And there's a place for that. There's nothing wrong with that. Whatever we're seeing does need to be consistent. Whatever, even if it is seven words 11 times, it needs to be consistent with the word of God. Um, and it, it teaches us that doctrine. Colossians 3.16, finally got out of Psalms, says, and, and I like how this is put. This is the KJV. It's the one we're used to most. Let the word of Christ, the word of Christ, dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. Well, yeah, okay, the preacher's going to do that. We'll have Bible studies, we'll have discipleship classes, we'll teach and admonish one another. But the way Colossians says we're going to do it is we're going to teach and admonish one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So it's a good thing to have the word matched up with the music. It's a very good thing. Um, let me talk a little bit about the research side of music, this is not Bible, this is science. Um, and the two don't have to be in conflict. So I just mentioned us teaching things through song. Um, maybe you've heard of a situation where an Alzheimer's patient is to the point where they're really not speaking much anymore. They might not recognize their family anymore, but if you sit down and play an old song that they know, they knew before, or if you sing a song by their bedside, whatever, sometimes, just sometimes, those patients will sing the songs word for word when they don't even know their own children's name or their own spouse's name anymore, but they can sing a song. Why? Because the brain has a, a different reaction to music than it does to other things. Um, we memorize better if we put things to a song. Our, our junior quizzers, especially, we don't provide this, but some, some uh, places rely heavily on it. They can use songs with the verses to memorize the things. Um, and again, it puts it in a different part of the brain. So you have to get it, you have to eventually get it out of that part of the brain to where you can apply it, but it's in there. How many of us, when we have to alphabetize something, uh, quote to ourselves at least part of the ABC song? I do, I can't alphabetize something with, you know, if something is an M and I need to know where it goes, I'll say L-M-N-O-P. I don't ever go L M. N O P. I go elemental P because when we put things to rhythm, especially, but then a tune also helps, it helps us memorize. So if we can put in our songs biblical truths, 
they stick in our head. And we'll find ourselves singing a song as we go about our life. And someday, when I'm old and in a nursing home, I just may need some of those songs. And it's still in there. Again, we're going to talk about some balance. We try to do worshipful songs and praise songs. Now, what's the difference? It's kind of squishy because Hebrew itself is kind of squishy. There, there are overlaps, but to really simplify it, I like to think of worship as me humbling or lowering myself and thereby lifting God. These kind of songs tend to be slow and solemn and emotional. That is one side of the things we do. That's the work, what I would call the worship side of things. And we'd also try to have praise songs. So that would be more fast and rejoicing and even playful sometimes. And that would be more of me lifting God up by lifting him, praising him, exalting, magnifying, all of those kinds of words. You see how that's making him bigger. Um, and I taught a big group learning on this three, four years ago. It's probably still in there somewhere if you're really interested in that. But basically, we try to balance the worship and the praise. The music, again, some more science. Um, music activates a pleasure center in your brain, and it releases those happy chemicals, dopamine, um, some of those things that just make you feel good. It lifts your mood. It increases your happiness. Again, there's I have some some research articles if you if you want to know more about this or you can google effects of music there's some psychology today articles that really break it down easy um but music lifts your mood increases your happiness reduces your anxiety the funny thing is even sad music can lift your mood it just is a natural normal byproduct of music itself not worship music or praise music necessarily, but music. Um, one extra thing I would I learned today was that 5% of people don't experience this. So if you're in those 5%, I'm sorry. Be patient with the rest of us as, as we enjoy this lift that we get from music um, and understand that it is real and, and we really like it. So it's kind of like the people that don't like coffee People that do like coffee need your tolerance um, because it really does help us. The next scripture I want to read is 1 Samuel 16, 23. Here's an example of this. And whenever the tormenting spirit from God troubled Saul, David would play the harp. Then Saul would feel better and the tormenting spirit would go away. Now, I don't know the spiritual side of this or how it worked or this tormenting spirit from God. But I do know that when David played the harp, Saul felt a lot better. And sometimes when we're having a bad day, we can turn on some music and it helps us. After crossing the Red Sea, Miriam got out her tambourine and led in a song and dance in Exodus 15. Not only does music cause within us a lift, but sometimes when we are already lifted and feeling great, it helps to get it out with a song and even dance. I'm not much of a dancer, but it's real. Sometimes I, my dance might look more like a head shake than, than much else. When we go to Ghana, they, part of their worship service, Nigeria too, is to, when they take offering or even during the song service, they, they do a, a dance. And my, my white girl shuffle is just really inadequate in that situation, but I'm trying. It is the best I got and I'm giving it to the Lord. So you might feel awkward about dancing, but that's okay too. Um, Psalms 98, six, shout to the, uh, sorry, sorry, 98, four through six. Uh, shout to the Lord, all the earth, break out in praise and sing for joy. Sing your praise to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and melodious song, with trumpets and the sounds of the ram horn, make a joyful symphony before the Lord, the King. And in the last five or 10 minutes, I'm going to talk about the last all 
I've already I've already talked about it some, so it won't take too long. But the congregational singing, the community, the kindness that we experience sharing music with each other is that second all making disciples of all. You are part of that all. And even the people on the platform who are the first all are also the second all. The people in the back row singing along, they are also both alls. Isn't that cool? One thing that we are missing in our culture is sing-along music. Where else do you go in our culture to sing music? Kids do it in school, but once you become an adult, you don't sing anymore. And it's an awesome thing that we have still maintained it in the church, that we sing together. Hebrews 2.12 says, I will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will sing praise to you. Here's a few of the things that I do to try to make that second all work well is I try to make the ranges not too high or too low. Every once in a while, we get one that makes a screech or good in the basement. And, and different singers have different ranges, but I'm trying my best. There are some songs that we will never sing at Newark EPC because the ranges just kill. Shout to the Lord is one of those. It's great on the violin because I can hit all those notes. Can't sing it unless you have a really high range. And we're not going to do that because it's not conducive to all being able to sing it. I try to pick simple lyrics, <clears throat> things that aren't um, hard to say. If something is too fast and has too many words going all at once, I either slow it down or get rid of the song because we're not, it, it doesn't work for all. We want everyone to be able to participate even if you're not an auctioneer. We try to do simple progressions and simple structures. Uh, we're, we don't have 14 bridges. We don't have five key changes and, and three different choruses and all of those things. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it doesn't help people in the congregation when they don't know where the song is going. Now, a diversity of style. I've talked about praise and worship, old and new. We do gospel. We do hymns. We do contemporary stuff. We even have Caleb's written a couple of original pieces that we do. We do want cultures represented, but um, it's hard to learn how music from different cultures works. So that's something we're working on. I would love to have some African songs and some more Spanish songs, but we have to learn Spanish to do that at least a little bit. So we don't make all the Spanish speakers in the congregation cringe. Um, I'd love to have some African rhythms going. We have to learn those things though. It's a service to your brothers and kindness to your brothers and sisters when there's a song that you don't like and you participate anyway, because someone else, likes that song. I try not to do too many new songs at once so people aren't confused. We're trying to make it conducive to that second all. There's nothing wrong with new songs. Psalms 96 verse 1 says to sing a new song to the Lord. However, if we do a new song every time, it turns into more of a performance because people don't know it. If you have questions. I don't know if Joyce has already said it, but I'm, I'm coming in for landing. So if you have questions about biblical music or about how we're doing it in Newark UPC, I will try my best to answer. Um, my last thing I wanted to say, because I've talked a lot about music and playing and balancing. One of the things that is key, key, key to Newark UPC's music program is this aspect of kindness or humility, not pride, a, a truth or a justice and a righteous living based on this scripture, Amos 5, 21 through 24. As I said before, there's lots of different kinds of literature, writings in the Bible. This genre is a prophecy. The prophet Amos is reprimanding um, the people as the Lord has told him to do. 
And he says, I hate, this is coming from the Lord's viewpoint. I hate all your show and pretense, the hypocrisy of your religious festivals and solemn assemblies. Now, I would like to add that God told them to do those religious festivals and those solemn assemblies, but he's saying, I hate all your show and your pretense. I will not accept your burnt offerings and grain offerings. I won't even notice all your choice peace offerings. Away with your noisy hymns of praise. I will not listen to the music of your harps. Instead, I want to see a mighty flood of justice, an endless river of righteous living. The people had gotten away from the point of the burnt offerings and the point of the hymns and the, the music. And, and if we don't come from, we don't have to be perfect, but if we don't come from a place of humility, a place where we are lowering ourselves and lifting God, there's no point to the music. The, the point is not for you to hear how great I play the organ or to hear how great someone sings. The point is God, and that has to stay our point. So what are we doing in COVID? Because we're not getting together. We've lost our community music feel. It's not a lot that we're able to do because we can't get together and sing. But we have playlists in four different formats. Spotify and YouTube are free. Amazon has a free version. Um, Apple Music has, uh, actually, I don't know if Amazon Music has a free version. I think they do. And then Apple Music also, I put up every day, except Monday, uh, a new song added to those playlists. And we are getting where we have a lot of songs and we have over 200 songs in that playlist now. But as you go through your day, you can get the, either the song of the day or the ones from other days and know that your brothers and sisters are also listening to that song that day. And that's not great, but it is something. We're doing this in community. Something you can, there's lots of things you can do on an individual basis. Pull up some old hymns. We live in an amazing time where everything is on YouTube for free. We used to have to either buy the CD or buy the tape or before my time buy the eight track or, you know, listen to the radio until your song comes on and then you record it and make a mixtape. And then at the beginning, you have the radio announcer saying this is, you know, KVKO or whatever. Um, it, so it's not great, but it was music. We had to go to these extreme things to get music. Now it's just there at our fingertips. So as you're, as you're making dinner or you're driving in the car, worship. God is there with you. He is there in you. And he loves you and he wants to accept your praise. So that is a, a boiled down version of the meaning in the music as it applies to Newark UPC. So if you have questions, Joyce, if you'd like to join me, um, I will try to answer them. And hopefully we can have a, a good discussion and, uh, and maybe learn some things together. Yes. So um, is there, are there some Christian, is there some Christian music that actually distracts from worship and should not be included in a worship service? Ooh, that's a good one. Okay. I am rather, I am rather liberal in my philosophy of um, good music and bad music. Meaning, I think that there are very few genres of, of music. Uh, there are probably some, but there are not very many types of music that cannot be used to lift up God. I am of the opinion, and it is an opinion, that there really aren't good, there's not a good style of music and a bad style of music by definition. There are some that I do not like at all. Um, and there are others that 
that I find very soothing or happy or whatever. Um, but the question wasn't about good or bad, right or wrong. The question was about the, the congregational singing, which is a very different question. There's a balance, again, of, um, of appealing to different people. I have a cousin who was in a rock Christian band, and I never went to hear him. I, I never intend to go hear him, <laughs> but I don't think that's going to be conducive to a worship service. And again, I'll pull in that, that our goal is the, the focus of the worship is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are trying to facilitate and contribute to the church worship service as a whole, not just the music part of it, but the preaching and, and the, the friendliness of how we greet people and all of those things. We're trying to be a part of the whole. So um, also we're trying to lead the congregation to a place of worship. We're not trying to entertain, and there's nothing wrong with entertainment for Christian music, but it has not a place in a, in a worship service. So the, my opinion answer to your question is yes, there are types of music that would not work at Newark UPC. Um, I don't think we're going to be having much rap music because it's our congregation can't rap. There's nothing wrong with rap. Uh, and also our musicians are not rappers. So um, that would be hard for us to do. I don't think there's anything wrong with rap. Just the, there's a lot of bad rap out there. But the, the genre of rap is not in itself bad. And there have been Christian artists who have used it over the years quite effectively, I guess. Um, but yes, I think there are, there are, I can speak for Newark UPC that there are some things that will not work for us. I think there are probably some things that really would not work for almost everyone. Yeah. But let me let me add something to that uh, story that that my husband likes to tell is that um, when he was a teenager, he used to listen to Carmen. Carmen just died, but he was a I believe he was a former Elvis impersonator. He had a very deep voice and and he he was kind of. Um, a different kind of singer and that he was doing things nobody else was doing. He would, he would do some dramatical, uh, is that a word, dramatic things, um, you know, act out in his music, uh, Lazarus come forth or, you know, the Sundays on the way, Jesus has been buried and Sundays on the way, this kind of thing. Um, and some of his styles pulled in that Elvis impersonator feel. And my husband liked it as a teenager. My father-in-law didn't like it personally. Not that there was something wrong with it for Steve to listen to, but for my father-in-law, it brought back a lot of memories of his life before church. He was right. Well, he was 12 in 1950, I guess. But um, so his era, what to me is the 80s would have been the 50s for him. And it brought back a lot of bad memories, again, that, that uh, music ties into a different part of the brain. And it, it brought back, uh, it wasn't pleasant for him. And it brought back things that didn't feel church or godly. But he was wise enough to realize that that didn't mean that there was something wrong with the music. There was just something wrong with the music for him. So he wasn't going to listen to Carmen but he let my husband listen to Carmen. That's an example of sometimes music feels different to different people. And that's, that's a very natural thing. We have to have the humility though, and the kindness and the community spirit, the, the service to our brothers and sisters to realize though that that doesn't necessarily mean it's right or wrong. Um, we try not to have that kind of thing in in our worship services. Uh, as we get more ethnic music, I'm gonna have to have some discussions with some of our, our for instance, maybe our Spanish speaking brothers and sisters about uh, maybe Jamaican too, I don't, I don't even know. I have to have these discussions because 
some of these styles of music that I just think, man, that's great music, might tie into other cultural things that I don't want to tie into. So we have to be conscious of those things. But um, I don't think there's good and bad music. I, I don't think there's there's obviously bad music, but Christian music, as long as it is focused on Christ, I don't think that, you know, loud music is necessarily bad. The Bible says to, to do loud things with music. Um, but it, there are a few caveats to that. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, is it appropriate to request songs? And if so, what would be the best way? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, Yes, it is appropriate. Uh, it, it used to be a lot easier. And I, I will just, this is a great opportunity for something else that, that is um, probably not well understood. Used to, we would have, we had a hymn book. And sometimes when I was growing up, we would even have a, a song request night. And the the congregation would say, I want to sing page 88. Somebody in the congregation would sing, would say, raise their hand, say, I want to sing page 88. And we'd all turn to page 88. The piano player would start the, the, whoever, you know, whoever else was there would take off and we'd sing 88. And then the next person would raise their hand and say, I want to sing page two. And we, okay. Mm-hmm. We can't do that anymore. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's a good thing because it allows us to have new music, but before a song is put in, we have to make sure that we have to get the lyrics. We have to get them to Nick or put them in and let him know that we're going to be singing that song so that we can put it up on the projector because a new song or an old song or whatever, but if you're requesting it, it's probably one that's not in our repertoire. We're going to need those words. I have to figure out um, what key to sing it in, which is fine. Some some songs have too big of a range and, and can't be sung, mm-hmm. um, but I can work on that. I also have to, because we want our that first all, I want everybody who can play an instrument well to be able to play an instrument well. And that means I don't expect everyone to play by ear. So that means I have to get them music. I have to go online and, and I have good sources. There are still some songs, especially our apostolic Pentecostal artists aren't putting their stuff oh. in easily accessible ways. Yeah. But um, most of the contemporary Christian stuff that you'll hear, I can get. Um, but I have, to, I have to put it in something that I won't go into, but I have to put it in different keys. So Kiara's music looks different than my music. And both of our music look different than, than Jay, who's playing the saxophone. Um, and if Meg's on the horn, she has another key that she's playing in. And it, so you can request a song. It, it may not work, meaning if it doesn't work for our congregation, I'm not going to put it in. But if you want to request a song, contact me, shoot me an email, uh, send me a text, message me on Facebook. And I'm always looking for new music, especially with this playlist. I can at least put it in the playlist. Um, and I am constantly looking for new songs, good songs that are, that would be edifying. Yeah. Um, so contact me. I'm currently the one doing that. There will always be somebody who's responsible for, for putting, choosing the songs. So yeah, I would, I would love to have suggestions. And I might be missing something in what I like and as opposed to what you like. Um, so maybe that's somebody else in the congregation has that too. Just because you request something doesn't mean we'll be able to do it, but I would love to have requests. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so why do you think it helps to all sing and play together instead of just listening to someone sing or play? Ah, that's a good question. And I'm sure there's been research on it. I don't know why it works better. Well, I, I would say that participation, there's something about participation. It's different listening to someone sing. It's different from singing 
yourself, even if your quality is not very good. It doesn't matter. That's not the point. So there's something about participatory singing and worship. It, it becomes yours. Uh, the other thing is there is something about the community coming together and singing together. I don't have the scientific basis for why that is, but there, there is something there. And like I said, in our, and I'm not even talking about in a, in a sacred format, but in our society, it just doesn't happen. We don't get together and sing. And the Amish, I know, get together and sing. They have, I think every other week, they have singings. And the young people go to them and, and, you know, afterwards they go courting or whatever. I don't know how that works in the Yamash, but they still have singings. I think we're too busy or I don't know. Uh, I know that families used to sing more than, more than they do. It used to be, okay, you didn't have a, something to watch. You didn't have something to listen to. If you wanted music, you had to make it. Um, so there was a lot more families getting together and singing or, you know, singing around the fire or whatever. And uh, I think it's a positive thing. I don't know the research behind why, but it definitely, you're right. There's something different between uh, watching someone sing, even if they're singing in, the, in, the, in a great spirit and singing for the Lord and they have the right attitude and all of those things. There's something different when we do it as a group. Absolutely. Um, okay, so how can we do better to stand and praise God during a service if we struggle with being shy or tend to feel awkward as if everyone's staring at us? Um, and they also put, I know this is a lie from the enemy though. Okay, so uh, that was the first thing I was gonna say is, you know that's not real, okay? Um, if you, God loves us in our worship. He loves us in our praise and emphasis on our worship. There are some people, like I mentioned with, with my dancing or, or lack of dancing, um, I'll, I'll be bop around the house sometimes and the kids look at me funny like, mom, just stop, you're hurting our eyes, you know, this kind of thing. But, um, but God is okay with that. He doesn't mind that I can't, uh, you know, I have rhythm, but it ain't that kind of rhythm. Um, he doesn't mind when I'm in Ghana that they have moves that I don't have. Uh, he's good with me. Now, the question, another part of your question was feeling like everybody's watching you. And I think, I think part of that is, is you just have to get in there and do it. And eventually it'll get better. I, I think of people who come to church the first time and, you know, Tim Hawkins has this routine where he, he has the different ways of, of worshiping. Hopefully I don't mess up my camera because Steve told me I couldn't make big motions, but you know, the, the first praise, let me get my hands up here. They'll be, they'll be just like barely holding their hands up or they have them down at their waist because they don't want anybody to be looking at them. And then they come and over a year later, you know, you see them with their hands, maybe they're, maybe they're like this now. And, and over time, it gets better. Some people don't like to come to the front to, to pray at first because people might be looking at them. And eventually you won't be the most boisterous praise or worshiper. Um, you probably won't be running the aisles but it'll get better. I would say to, to make a little start. You don't have to be like somebody else. Make sure your heart is worshiping. And if you want to sit and worship, that's fine. If you want to sing quietly and worship, that's fine. If you want to sit there and read the words and just think on them, that's fine. We are all, and it's okay to be your part of the all. You could try it though. It might work. It might not be as bad as you think, but again, be true to yourself. Be who God made you. 
And if he didn't make you to be boisterous and loud, then don't worry about it. It's okay. If you have bad knees and you can't stand up, nothing says you have to stand up to sing. It does work a little better because you have more room in your, for your lungs, but you don't have to stand up. Worship God as you would worship God and expect your brothers and sisters to understand that. And we, we will. It'll be fine. Be, part, be your part of the all. I agree with what you said. Um, I was the same way, but I, it was about comparison. You know, it, I thought that this is what worship looked like. Yes. You know, so then I thought I had to be that. And then, but no, you You don't have to be anybody else. You can be yourself. And it gets better. Like you said, over time. And of course, as you learn more about God and um, it it just, it does get better, you know, so you stop comparing, I think. Yes. Um, Okay, so do you have a favorite instrument and why? Um, Also, is there an instrument you wish you could play or want to learn? Oh, there's a lot of them. (laughs) Um, A favorite instrument. I have a few. I I love the cello and I would like to learn to play the cello. Um, I got bad advice when I was in fifth grade or I probably would have played the cello but I played violin and it was cheaper. So, and we could get one. We had somebody that was selling one. So we went with violin and that forevermore I'm a violinist, but um, I I love cello. I love that deep, that deep sound. It's not so bassy that it's, you know, like a stand-up bass, uh, but oh, cello is awesome. Strangely enough, I like the oboe, which is a less known instrument. It's kind of a nasally sound. It has kind of, it has about the same range, I believe, as a violin. So it can go high, but also not real, not real low, but it's not real, it's not like a piccolo or a flute. Uh, I like that. Um, I took a harp lesson one time and that was interesting. I don't know that I would want to put the money or the time into learning to play the harp. But um, yeah, there, there are, I would love to play every instrument, but I don't have the dedication to do it. I, I would say I don't have time, but I probably could make time if I wanted to, but it's a lot of work to learn an instrument and learn it well. So hats off to, to people who were willing and dedicated enough to do that. Some people have more uh, ease at it than others. There, are, there is such a thing as musical talent, but um, just about anybody can learn an instrument if they work hard enough at it, which I will use to do a little plug for if you are a, if you are a closet musician or uh, I heard of someone the other day, I won't name her, who plays the piano and had never told me. Uh, now I know though. So um, if you play an instrument and you're at least a little bit willing to get involved in the music program. We would love to have you. Again, you have to have some skill, but I am of the belief that people learn best by playing. And so you don't have to be great to to learn how to, you don't have to be an expert already to play in the Newark EPC Orchestra. We might not put a mic on you straight away, but I I tell people you can learn to swim somewhat by watching YouTube videos about swimming, but you eventually have to be thrown into the water. So in order to play at Newark UPC, you need to know the basics of your instrument and and be able to, I would say, be able to benefit from playing. But that's not a really high bar. If you're playing a very loud instrument or the trumpet or something like that, you have to be a little better because you are very loud and we will all hear you. But um, so if you know an instrument uh, already, let me know. And maybe you just come to our jam sessions when we're back together or something, but music is so fun. And, and we try new things and it doesn't matter if you hit wrong notes in those contexts, there's no pressure whatsoever. If you sing, I know there are some singers in our congregation and they just, I don't know if they don't want to do it and that's fine. You get to not want to do it, 
but maybe you feel awkward or maybe you feel like you couldn't be used, come talk to me or shoot me an email. Uh, I can I can work with people. I can give them resources. I have a lot of resources that I can send you to to improve your singing or improve your ear or these kinds of things. If you play by ear, but you want to learn to read music, we can take care of that. I have lots and lots of ways to help you. So if you're if you play, let me know. If you're interested in in learning, let I have resources for that too. Or just there's it's. It's a great world right now because there's YouTube lessons. There's you can rent an instrument for not very much from Accent Music. Um, the first three months are half price usually. I've done that a couple of times for Caleb. And you can get started for not very much and see if you like it. So join us. Yay. That's my plug. That's my advertisement. I'm not as funny as Geico, but anyway. Uh, well, what instrument would you suggest a young person learn to play to start out? Oh, that's good. Um, I would suggest, and, and this is probably biased. My violin teacher does not, would not agree with this. She's passed now, but she would not agree with this. But I would say a, a great first instrument to learn is the piano mm. because it lays everything out the keyboard by its very nature teaches you a lot of music theory. It teaches you how, how the notes go together and the distance between the notes and all of that kind of thing. I would also say that, um, I won't name names, but I have a few kids who don't have as good of an ear as others. And piano, you don't have to be in tune. You just have to hit the right button. So it's, it's very mathematical. Uh, so, I would probably with a little kid start them off on piano, even though I, I have friends that started violin when they were three through the Suzuki method and that worked great for them too. Um, there are there are things I believe that you have to be a little older to play. I would think probably your wind instruments you would need to, I could be wrong there. I, I, I'm not a brass instrument player. I would think to play the French horn or the tuba You'd probably have to have a certain size of lungs and yeah. lips and things, <laughs> but um, maybe to play the stand-up bass, you know, your hands have to be a certain size. But a lot of these things, they have miniature instruments too now. So, uh, but to get started, a piano is a great place to start. That won't necessarily be uh, there. Won't necessarily be a place for you in the the church orchestra you might have to learn something else because we have a lot of piano players. Um, not as many as you'd think though. And, um, and, but it's a great place to start. And um, how can we be careful to ensure we're giving God the praise and glory while listening and singing to songs and not the person or people singing it? Uh, I think it's a matter of the heart and the, the person asking the question is already halfway there because they know it can be an issue. The other thing I would say is don't be afraid of it. I mean, um, as long as you're not hero worshiping or um, I, I know of a young lady who was probably more than one who was, you know, infatuated with the good looking uh, Christian singer and would go to, you know, drive halfway across the country to go to their concerts. Okay, that's not that's not appropriate, but um, as long as it's in balance and and you're not hero worshiping, there's nothing wrong with enjoying a certain person's music. Uh, saying, "Man, I really like their their stuff," or even even writers, songwriters, I I like everything they're putting out. You know that kind of thing. Um, just be conscious of it, but I don't think it's something you have to be afraid of. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. And again, acknowledging that some people do that is, is half the battle. Absolutely. Okay. Um, is that it? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Well, it's perfect timing because it's yeah. 7.59. So I will wrap up and say it has been awesome to be here tonight and talk about something I love. I could have gone on and on and on, but I, I hope I didn't. Um, and I hope you understand a little better uh, how 
how and why we're doing the things we do at, at Newark EPC with our music. And again, it doesn't have to be like somebody else and that's okay. We might pick something up from somebody else and that's okay too. But we want to worship God and we want to help the congregation worship God. We want to make disciples. If you are new to us or you're not new to us and just want to learn more about us, you can visit newrqpc.info. There are a lot of different things to find on there. You can make a baptism request. You can put in a prayer request. You can join us in giving. You can listen to old sermons. You can uh, look at old Facebook posts. Uh, you can do all kinds of things on newrqpc.info. We also have a YouTube channel. We have a Facebook page. So we are glad to have you with us, and we hope you'll join us tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. I believe there is teen class tonight, so if you are a teen, join in on that. All right, thanks, and have a good night.